Next on BYUSN, which BYU win on Saturday was more telling? Football or men's basketball? And what story are those teams telling? And is Zach Wilson in trouble in the Big Apple? Well, it doesn't look good, that's for sure. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU. USA! Everywhere. USA! Hey, let's go Come versus on. Wales! Come on! It is a World Cup Monday, November 21st. November. It feels weird to say that. I know, this is a joke. But here we are. I but am I Spencer it. Linton, teamed up alongside Team USA soccer couch manager in training, Jerem Jordan. It's going to be tough against England, just thrashing Iran this morning, <laughs> uh, which was crazy. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. We love soccer. We love the U.S., so uh, this is going to be a fun combo. But to, on today's show, ESPN's Trevor Manich. On the Utah Tech win in the regular season finale with Stanford, there were some issues in that game. We'll talk about them. Will Jamal Williams lead the NFL in rushing TDs this year? He is right now. Will he finish as such? Amber Whiting's biceps. Mark Pope has an issue with something in the rock. And which team won a national championship over the weekend, beginning with a loaded group of headlines? Oh, that was a fantastic tease. I'm feeling so patriotic. BYU football doubles up Utah Tech 52-26 on Saturday and secure bowl eligibility. Yay! Junior quarterback Jaron Hall threw for career highs in yards with 456 Woo. and touchdowns with five. He had six total touchdowns. Six wins for BYU and a guaranteed 13th game this season. Here's Puka Nakua on booking a bowl game trip. We got, we got this week's dub, and uh, so this week is down. We'll enjoy this victory. Enjoy for all of our guys that have been, been, been pushing through for a while, but then also that is that's our goal. Obviously we want to play. We we had our, our down stretch, but it's been nice to bounce back and to see the guys fight through adversity. And then we got another big one coming up to finish off the season. So keep building up on this progress. Indeed, this morning the Senior Bowl tweeted out that Nakua has accepted an invitation to play in the Reese's Senior Bowl. So is he officially gone from BYU? We'll discuss the details of that later. And we've talked to the Senior Bowl. We have some information. Men's Hoops beats Nichols 87-73, led by Foose and Gideon George with 15 apiece. Cougars scored a season-high 87, highlighted by Trey Stewart at the rim. Skip pass left wing to Trey. Trey gets right to the rim, oh! and a finger roll for Trey Stewart. Hey. And the Cougs lead by 8, 61-53. That was tremendous. He got up. BYU currently in the Bahamas enjoying that trip. They'll also play a couple of basketball games starting Wednesday. Three games in three days starting with USC, Tennessee or Butler, and then uh, could be one of four teams on Friday. What a hugely compelling weekend for several Cougars in the National Football League. Jamal Williams scores three touchdowns on 17 touches in a stunning Detroit Lions win against the New York Giants. The Lions have won three straight. Jamal leads the league with 12 touchdowns to date. Unbelievably, his fifth multi-touchdown game, tying Barry Sanders. Amazing. Uh, for the Amazing. most in a season with the Lions. That's crazy. Women's soccer, unfortunately, lost to North Carolina 3-2 in the Sweet 16. Early Saturday, Olivia Wade and Allie Fryer scored. What a season from the Cougs. Sweet 16, back-to-back -back years. That's never happened in program history. They went 11-3-7, and seven, a tremendous year. Oh, those expectations for next season are already on top of mind. BYU men's cross-country finishes third at Nationals, led by Casey Klinger's individual seventh-place finish. The men totaled four All-American top 40 finishers, including Klinger, Brandon Garnica, plus Davin and Creed Thompson. 
The BYU women finish eighth overall behind All-American performance from Aubrey Frenthaway and Lexi Halliday-Lowry. Number 17 women's volleyball beat LMU in four sets to finish the WCC portion of the schedule on the road. Next 19 kills from Aaron Livingston, 12 from Heather Knighting. Huge match tomorrow to close out the regular season. Senior day, number two San Diego in town. That game's on ESPNU. Number two San Diego, are they even good? Yes. <laughs> BYU women's basketball splits a pair of games over the weekend in Hawaii at the North Shore Classic, beating Washington State 65-56. Good Wazoo team, but then losing to Troy 68-62. The victory over Wazoo marks Amber Whiting's first win at BYU as head coach. It also happened simultaneously on her birthday. Nice. Not a bad birthday. The Cougs 1-4 this season, back home to host Carroll College oh. out of the NAIA division Wednesday afternoon live on the BYU TV app. It was fun to see a BYU team playing in, in Lightyear. That was great. Yeah. Men's soccer wins the Collegiate Club National title. Nice! Versus Minnesota 2-1, the 11th in program history. Great crowd on hand for that one in Round Rock, Texas. Cougs won six games in three days to take home the title. Congratulations to the Cougs. Well done. BYU men's and women's swim and dive teams both finished second at the Mizzou Invite. The meet included 65 personal bests okay. and 10 new top five program times over the three-day event. Wow. Yeah. The Cougars now prepare for the Toyota U.S. Open in Greensboro, North Carolina, starting November 30th. It's time. Rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. Jaron loads up and goes for Keanu Hill again. It's another touchdown! And a finger roll! Oh, he scores it! What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Pretty epic music for what happened Saturday, which I think was that epic. <laughs> I love it. It's hey, like, yeah! It was a winning weekend in Provo. Yeah! But not without some ups and downs for sure. sure. Yeah. Which performance on Saturday, Jaron, produced the more telling result? And what story is that telling? BYU football or BYU men's basketball? I think it was football. Uh, the struggles in that game were odd. Uh, BYU was coming off a bye, playing for bowl eligibility on senior day. I thought there were motivating factors there. There's sort of this malaise over this season because they were expected to be top 25 and perhaps challenged for 10 games, at least nine, right? Eight's the cap now with BYU at six and five. And that would be nice for sure and positive, and BYU's going in the right direction. But BYU's trailing in this game, six nothing after the first quarter. Halftime, BYU's barely leading. Like, BYU couldn't run the ball. They ran for 60 yards in the first half. It's like, 60 yards? Yeah. What is this? This isn't like North Dakota State walking in here. Utah Tech had won three in a row, but they were 1-6 prior to that. Uh, they end up with four total wins on the season. This is a team that BYU should have steamrolled, but the injuries at running back and, frankly, ineptitude this year have been startling. Lopini Katoa fumbles. That's never good. Um, you know, Chris Brooks injects some physicality in the second half, which was nice. Runs, Two first-half turnovers. Runs for 100. Yeah, BYU is giving it away, which they don't do. So it's kind of weird. BYU ends up winning by 26. They put up 52 uh, in this game. But nine pass plays of 15-plus allowed. That was weird, including an 80-yarder to Devin Osborne, who's like the tallest, skinniest receiver I've seen in my life. <laughs> um, that, that, that was the story is BYU won, but it felt weird. And it was Utah State and it was Wyoming uh, all, all over again, where it was like, you won, but it wasn't good enough. It was the same game. And, and 
we, we, BYU keeps telling us who they are, and we refuse to believe it, Spence, which is, well, it just depends who we're playing that week outside of Oregon and, and Liberty because all, the rest of those games have been, have been uh, compelling, interesting, outside of South Florida, I guess, down-to-the-wire games in some way, where, okay, BYU's telling us, you know what? We have struggles, and we have issues in, uh, d- defensively, and, and we can't run the ball. So it's like BYU's not BYU's good, but BYU's not that good of a team. When you can't do those two things, you're not going to be that good of a team. And fortunately, BYU's made a bowl game, and they have a P5 game to finish against Elder Tanner McKee, and the Houston Haymooley storyline is fun. And then a bowl game, which hopefully BYU wins, TBD where it is and who against. We know it's ESPN owned, that's for sure. But it's just kind of weird. Um, and after the game, it was like, it wasn't overly celebratory because it was like, well, that was weird, but hey, senior day. That was yeah. the vibe I got yeah. on the field. It was a weird day. And weird I'm cold. <laughs> my face was so red on the post-game show because my body was like, whoa, Brutal. it's 72 degrees in here. Yeah, and then we all have to run over and cover basketball at the Marriott Which Center. was really fun, by the way. It's always great to win, for sure. Yeah. But no way around it. This was a weird victory for BYU. First of all, they surrendered more points to an FCS opponent than ever before in the history of BYU football. 26. Say no more. Like, that's not great. I know Utah Tech has some BYU coaches on their side, and we're kidding ourselves if we don't think that those coaches exploited some things from their previous knowledge of coaching at BYU and giving them an advantage. But even with that, Jerem, can't you, can't you change your signals yes, better? It should have had to adjust that stuff. Much. It looked like, you know. shouldn't matter that much. And giving up the late touchdown again to Joey Hobart so that Utah Tech got to 26 and BYU had to score on an end around by Terrence fall to get to 52 or Good for game. Terrence fall, by the way, he's from France. Like Fantastic. that's a cool story. Okay. Yeah. And Houston, Hey leading the charge. That the was awesome. Too. Front. Like there were some cool moments late in the game, but if BYU doesn't score that touchdown, it's a 45-26 game, and it's even more weird. And we're like, oh, man. That's man. what the score should have been against Wyoming and Utah State. They, they only, you know what I mean? 45-26. They won by 19. They end up winning by 26, so it feels a little bit better. Feels yeah. a they little put up better. Gaudy numbers. The I line mean, was 38, though, by the way. 38. Okay, so minus 12. Four, BYU, 420 yards allowed. What? Not good. What the, is this? BYU's first win this season where they've allowed more than 400 That's exactly yards. right. Not good. Yeah. Okay. So it's late, late it's touchdown, weird. garbage, whatever. This is this is the bigger storyline for me here. Is with BYU football another slow start, and it hasn't been the case in every game, but it feels like it's been the case in most games. Well, outside of South Florida, t- don't tell me where they. Like BYU started st- fast against Arkansas. When did they lose? Yeah, not omissive. Tell me the commissive good thing, which is the first quarter versus South Florida was yeah. dynamite, and you could argue even Liberty, honestly, jumping out fourteen three. That was a nice start against, but those yeah, are all the points yeah. you score. Right. It just, it, it's, it's felt weird all season. Are we going to believe BYU now? They have They've told, told us, us, they who, told they us are. who they are. For sure. Which and, is and, this. And like BYU is good enough to make a bowl and maybe eight wins, but. Ugh. BYU has an offensive line that is great at pass protection. And Jaron Hall has taken Agreed. advantage of that. Not a lot of sacks allowed. Great receivers that. He has been able to spread the ball around to. Hey, BYU Playmakers all over the field. Against basically every opponent outside of Liberty and some late moments against Oregon. But well, B- most of that game. Okay, yeah. BYU has a great passing offense. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
And well, yeah, Jaron, Jaron just chucking it. That was fun. Keanu Hill, awesome. It takes a while to get the run game going for BYU. They don't have that guy. Even against Utah Tech. I know Chris Brooks guy. ends up with 102 yards rushing. But it's like, it took a while took so long? for that to happen. You had to wear down And he got Utah excited Tech. yelling into the parab when, he, when it happened. <laughs> First son, BYU. You know, you know. <laughs> Edit! Right, so the lack of run game early, another concerning sign, slow start. But the offense is re- really solid. BYU's defense is, you know, a collection of who's healthy and can they figure it out back there. And BYU's clearly missing Malik Moore and missing some linebackers. Peyton Wilgar. The lack of pass rush Julie. up front. Yeah. Like, BYU well, had a hard time issue. getting to Utah Tech's quarterback. The pass issue has been an issue for seven years, Spence. Like, the, the whole – maybe longer. Like, when have we been like, dude – Ski line, like, gets the quarterback. Granted, the ball's coming out pretty quick from, from uh, Utah Tech. But, like, and it's a different era. You're not getting as many sacks. I'm not looking at that number per se. But, like, that's, the, that's to me, that's the biggest difference between BYU and Utah, by the way, is D-line specifically. Like, their D-line gets to the quarterback. They can cause problems. Go Ducks, by the way, over the weekend. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it, that's tough, right? That's tough. For sure. And, and – and to talk about BYU basketball for a second. Yeah, yeah, because there are they some storylines developing They finally didn't have there. to have a game winner. They did it. In the last 12 seconds. They won a game by double figures. They finally built the lead and held on to it late. And yeah. I loved that. And they covered. Good teams win. Uh, great teams cover. Uh, and BYU did that. So that was nice. Nice balance from uh, the basketball team with four guys in double figures. Richie Saunders off the bench, mm-hmm. especially that first half. was awesome. BYU's defense is good. BYU basketball has a solid defense. They got a good defense. Yes, offensively still figuring out because they're turning it over a lot. Yeah. So it's the opposite of football basketball. The basketball team turns it over a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense does not they play great defense on football yeah. in football, and they play uh, really good defense, deflections and, and whatnot. They have more Malik Morris out there, I guess. Yeah, it, all good, man. Three and one, three home games. You should have won. Should have won more convincingly. We're gonna know. We're gonna know where BYU stands pretty quick in basketball coming up this week. USC is a team that lost to Florida, Florida Gulf Coast. Okay, so they're vulnerable. Yes, projected one point game by the way. Ken Palm, yeah. By love Ken Palm, I love it. And then, uh, and then Tennessee or Butler. Either game is good regardless of win loss for. Beat uh, USC. Just beat USC. Beat USC, and then you probably get Tennessee, and then compete and just see what happens. And then, I mean, you have Kansas, Dayton, Wisconsin, or NC State. Yeah. You have a quality game no matter what. Like, I, I, I said to you in the postgame, to me this is the second best multi-team event that exists. The Maui invite is the best. This is the second best. The battle for Atlantis. And you can tell whose brand is big because you get invited to those. Buick gets invited to the Maui and the battle for Atlantis. Like, they're not at, I've never heard of this uh, game on, uh, you know, FS8. Uh, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> which doesn't exist. They don't have the Ocho like ESPN does. <laughs> but this is a, a quality opportunity this week. Guys, uh, they left Sunday, and they're there enjoying the next couple of days, which would be great. What I love about basketball as we close out and head to topic two is it doesn't feel like they are overwhelmed by the moment, regardless of who they're playing. Like, they will play hard. They will play fast. I don't feel like there's anybody on the court that is, quote-unquote, scared. And sometimes there are some guys that's like, oh, I'm trying to figure. The freshman, Richie Saunders, Dallin Hall. I think Richie Saunders doesn't know what he doesn't no. know. Oh, my which goodness. Is, which is great. I love He's it. just out there providing just energy. Go. He doesn't care. He missed four threes, didn't care. He made the other two, yeah. right? Um, and he's out there getting rebounds, which is great. And Foose is growing. They all compete so hard. 
Rudy Williams growing. Rudy Williams getting better. Still had five turnovers. He's got to improve that part. But Jackson Robinson made multi-threes for the first game uh, this year. He struggled 4 of 23 for the year, but still out there getting shots after. Um, so, yeah. I, I love the effort. And they're playing they're the opposite the of football, and that football was, like, full of expectations. Jaron Hall told me Friday, hey, maybe we bought into what people were saying a little early. We lost that edge. We lost that chip on our shoulder. I think basketball's like, yeah, no one expects anything of us. We'll just see what happens. Mark's saying publicly, like, it's a process. Three this, and one. This team isn't expected to make the tourney, so no. just go see Three what and you one. Get. Go beat USC, yeah. get in the winner's bracket at Battle for Atlantis, and have some fun. Do it. Have some fun. Okay, topic two. Let's get to our game day guarantees. Here's our game day guarantee results. We have to give them to you. We're contractually obligated. Uh, yeah, we are contractually okay. obligated. But we, we, go. got, we got some good news to report. I pulled off the pedal a little bit, tried to get a few. Uh, number one, BYU wins by 17 plus. Great. <laughs> they barely did it. 26. We, we wanted it to be like 34 plus, but yeah. hey, they covered. I guarantee that Jacob Conover to have snaps in the game. He had four whole snaps. I, I'm, I'm just, he has played five snaps all year. I think it's extremely weird how much he hasn't played this year. And then uh, Utah Tech, well, fewer than 400 drives. Nope, that last drive they go to 420. 420 yards. Ah. My first guarantee, BYU will have at least 21 points by halftime. I was worried because they were down 20 to 14 with like eight minutes to go in the second quarter. It was weird. I was like, are they gonna get are they gonna get to 21? Someone they yelled did. at me on the side, then they go, Jerem, rally the troops! I was like, what am I gonna go over there and be like, guys, let's go! You gotta cut what are guarantees what? you need to step up for? <laughs> yeah, that. BYU had 28 first half points, so they get there. Five different players, I said, would attempt at least one rush in the game. Seven different ball carriers, including Terrence Fall. Terrence Fall was a surprise. And did then not see that happening. Puka had three for four. And I didn't think Chris Brooks was going to play, which he did. And he ran for 102 yards. Now, if Keona Hill doesn't go for three touchdowns, I've got a shot to watch back Yeah. As the last pick, by the way. Yeah, I get yeah. the, I get the scraps. Okay, so uh, two for two thus far. And then I said Utah Tech will score 17 or fewer points. Oh, 26. Hey, Again, spread and shred, baby. The most points that BYU has ever given up to an FCS opponent, 26. Though BYU does double them up, 52-26. On the season, uh, I'm 18 for 33. You're 10 for 33. That's combined 28 for 66. we got to be north of 500. It's, we're going to have to be perfect together in the final game and the bowl game oh, to get be, to that spot. I'll be like, Tanner McKee is going to complete a pass. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close to perfect. There's no, there's no, this ain't gymnastics. There's no Russian judge. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day is, which performance on Saturday produced the more telling result? BYU football or men's basketball? K-Sizzle on Twitter answers. Right. We learned more from basketball for sure. Talk to me. Oh. Football just had to take care of business against an FCS opponent. But they, I would argue they did not. <sighs> for, a Enough, lot, for a lot of the right? game, yeah. Basketball has shown, says Kay Sizzle, that their new and young core has what it takes to win in a dogfight despite facing troubles with turnovers. Eh, I wouldn't characterize Nichols as a dogfight. Like, you know what's going to be a dogfight? The next three games. Missouri State was a dogfight. Yeah. Yes. USC, we absolutely expect State wasn't. a yeah. dogfight. You know, basketball's got to play better, too. Granted, they're 3-1. and one. Great. Made some game-winning plays. But expectations are very different from mm. football. Mm-hmm. Football, we're still like... 
you should pound these fools, right? And like, maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Forky out here. I don't know. <laughs> Today on Coordinator's Corner, offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, special teams coordinator Ed Lamb joined the show to recap the Utah Tech win, senior day, and hey, Stanford this weekend in the regular regular season finale. Two Eastern, BYU TV. Indeed. ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us next. How would he sum up Zach Wilson's recent struggles in New York? Mm. And does Puka Nakua... Accepting an invite to the senior role mean he's gone? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Three, two, one, touchdown! And it's a hat trick wow. of touchdowns in the first half for Keanu Hill. Count them up, Keanu Hill, three touchdowns. We are live on a Monday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton hanging out in Studio B alongside Jerem Jordan. Because it is a winning Monday, who better to invite into the show than ESPN College Football insider and expert, friend of the program, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Trevor, first and foremost, hope you enjoyed a nice weekend. And hey, as ugly as it was at times, BYU figured it out late. We got some positives and negatives to discuss in the 52-26 win. So let's start with the positives. What was the best thing you saw from BYU other than the Cougars winning the game on Saturday? It was a BYU passing game. I mean, on a day when the Utah Tech defense sold out to stop Puka Nakua. They put two guys on him, three guys on him sometimes. He had five catches for 53 yards. Didn't really dominate the game, but the rest of the receivers stepped up. Jaron Hall was accurate. And it wasn't just that there were guys running wide open all over the field all the time. There were plays where the coverage was tight. The ball had to be precise, and it was. The receivers had to win a fight for the ball, and they did on those plays. And, guys, we've talked about this over the years, that I hate it when receivers just want to receive the ball. It comes in, and if it gets there, okay, I'll catch it. No, we want those guys to fight for the ball. And we saw that happen on a number of occasions in this game. Those young receivers really stepped up. They really did, and Keanu Hill, as mentioned and seen in the music video, uh, six for 136 and three touchdowns. Uh, career high 456 passing for Jaron, second most in FBS. Caleb Williams was the only guy who threw for more uh, against UCLA with 470. Let's talk about the other part of this game, though, because BYU did trail after the first quarter. BYU did give up 26 points in this. BYU didn't cover. It was a little weird at times. Uh, what was lacking, uh, in your opinion, from BYU in that game? In some ways, the first half of this game was sort of a microcosm of some of the problems BYU has had. I think in terms of focus, and, and you might even call it leadership. I mean, for goodness sake, they started out slow again against a team that they wanted to pound because of bulletin board material coming from the other side in the week before the game. And they talked about after the game how that was important, the BYU Cougars did, that they wanted to actually to, to make these guys pay for some of the things that were said. That's all well and good. But the way you do that is to play good, sound, disciplined football. And they ended up for the game with 11 penalties, 132 yards. In the first half, they were largely terrible on both sides of the ball. It looked to me like they were trying to, to, to make those guys pay for the things that they said rather than go out and make them pay by winning football. Let me tell you a story. 
my rookie year in the NFL, the New York Giants came up to our team, the Patriots, during training camp to practice. And Lawrence Taylor, their Hall of Fame linebacker, uh, in a one-on-one pass drill, just went right around our left tackle. So after the whistle, the left tackle, as Taylor was slowing down, shoved him in the back. So Taylor looked up, looked at him, looked at the coach, and said, let's do it again. Went back there and lined up. Now, I'm this rookie, and I'm thinking, oh, no, what's going to happen next? Is Taylor going to hit him in the mouth? Is he going to punch him in the ear hole? What's he going to do, right? Well, what Taylor did was threw a move that was so spectacular that our guy didn't even touch him. Our guy ended up on the ground, and Taylor was around for another sack. And then Taylor didn't say a word. He just went back to his side, and the next guy stepped up. That's how you show people. You show them by playing better football than they are. Then if you want to give them some extra, go right ahead. But BYU in the first half played in a way that appeared to me that looked like they were distracted away from playing good football and towards some other agenda. And that certainly was the result in the first half. And that, to me, was disappointing. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is with us on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Let's talk about Puka Nakua. This morning, we learned that he accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl presented by Reese's and... Now we're feeling like, okay, did he just make the decision that he for sure is going to the NFL? That's a conversation for future days. But in your opinion, is now the time for Puka Nakua to fully declare for the NFL? It's, it wouldn't be a bad time. He could certainly come back and learn to be more precise with routes, more precise and advanced in reading defenses. There's all kinds of things as a receiver that you can improve on. But there's two things you need to think about. The first one is that in the NFL, receiver used to be one of the hardest positions to break in as a rookie because it was so complex to read defenses at that level. But now there are so many college principals that have come into NFL offenses that young receivers are making an impact earlier. The second thing is that Pukunakua has shown himself to be a playmaker. I mean, an all-around playmaker, running the ball, catching the ball, blocking, all kinds of things. And because of that, he delivers and he takes a lot of hits. And it's not a bad thing to say, okay, I'm a receiver. I'm, I'm, he's over 200 pounds, but he's not, you know, a big old stocky, you know, running back of some sort. And so to take the next step into the league at this point, now that he has shown to be such a playmaker, might not be a bad thing too. So he doesn't expose himself to all the hits that he would have next season. So if he leaves now, uh, I, I couldn't say that it was a bad decision. I would say that, hey, there's lots of reasons to go. Do you feel the same way about Jaron Hall, Blake Freeland, and perhaps Clark Barrington as well? I think Jaron Hall uh, could go as well, especially with his injury history. If he finishes this season finishes this season healthy, then for him to go now is probably I wouldn't say it's a bad decision either. Again, he could come back and learn a lot more and and even get better and prepare himself better. Uh, another reason to come back and prepare is because of the group of quarterbacks coming out this year is very, very deep. Next year, he'd probably have less competition that would likely be drafted ahead of him at that position. But at the same time, he doesn't want to come back next year and risk necessarily being injured like he has in seasons past. So he has to balance that. I think the guys on the offensive line, um, you know, when you talk about left tackle, you go. You, you've got a guy out there, Freeland, who is is got the the – the size, the characteristics of a left tackle in the NFL. I think Barrington at left guard is a guy that's very, very talented, but he's built like a left tackle. He's tall. He's not particularly stocky. He's a guy that may next year move out to left tackle and show the NFL that he can play that position. So he's the one that's most likely to me 
to have a good reason to come back rather than a 50-50 call. Trevor, let's have some hypothetical fun and say that Jaron Hall returns to BYU as they go into year one of Big 12 play. How would that shift your expectations for BYU in the win-loss column next year if Jaron Hall is back at quarterback? No, it would be massive. The the Big 12 is a really good league. They've got a ton of talent. You just look at the quarterbacks that are playing this year, starting with Max Duggan at TCU. I mean, then look all over the league. You've got transfers coming in from the Pac-12. You've got outstanding quarterbacks. And if BYU can't match that, then they'll be in trouble from a comparative standpoint. Now, when you same way with Pukunakua, you need playmakers all over the place to keep up with what the other offenses can do. Now, the, the flip side of that is, no matter what the left guard, left tackle, you know, Barrington or Freeland decide to do with the draft for BYU, BYU will have an experienced and talented offensive line again next year. And they will also have Miles Davis coming back. The running back position should be um, a relative strength as well for BYU next year. And so they'll start with a core of of the ability to run the ball and protect the quarterback. So even if even if Jaron Hall doesn't come back, if Puka doesn't come back, I think the foundation is good. And then you've got the guys that are on the roster right now at quarterback. But look at freshmen that may want to come in. Look at transfers that may want to come in to also compete for that spot. They would be starting with an experienced offensive line, running backs that can make plays, and one of the better young receiving cores in the Big 12. And so that would be a good position if you're not on the roster right now at quarterback to want to come and join this roster and compete with the guys that are already here and let the chips fall where they may. So there are a lot of reasons to be optimistic about BYU's ability to compete right away next year, even if Jaron and Puka don't come back. But if they do come back, then you've got to look at BYU as, as a contender for one of the top positions in that league. Let's hope so. That'd be awesome. I'm starting with make a bowl game and then building up from there, but that's just me. And let's see who the quarterback is, right? Um, which brings me to this. Perhaps the weirdest thing about this season is how much Jacob Conover hasn't played, Trevor. In your day, the backups played a lot. Like, Blaine was like a regular dude on the field, right, as, as a quality backup at BYU. Jacob Conover's played five snaps. So we can read into that a, a few different ways. One is that, hey, Jaron Hall checked the box of he can – you know, play most of a season. Hopefully he continues to play and is good, right, through the rest of the season. But also, like, why hasn't Jacob Conover played more? It's, it's been a little weird that we've only seen five snaps. I've not looked this up. I'm not going to. This has got to be the fewest times a backup's ever played this far into a season in, in perhaps BYU history. This is a little weird, yeah, is it not? Yeah, it is weird. And there's a lot we don't know about it. So it's really hard to say that, hey, that's a good thing or that's a bad thing. I mean, I don't know. I know he's a talented player, but I don't, I don't know why he hasn't come in more, especially in a game like this against an FCS school that finally in the second half as BYU started to pull away. Would have been a good time for him to get some experience, but, but they didn't do that. You did mention something interesting, though, that uh, in allowing Jaron to play, he was able to continue to show NFL scouts that he can take the hits, he can make the throws, and all those different things. Look at what Stanford did last week against Cal. Yeah. For goodness sake, Stanford is down by 10 with five seconds to go. So they're not going to win this game. It's just not going to happen. It's impossible. They line up for a 61-yard field goal, Stanford does, with five seconds to go, down 10. 
and the kicker makes it. <laughs> so to me, that's the coach showcasing for the NFL or for the all pack 12 voters or whatever. Hey, my kicker's really good or to give him a chance to get that experience. There's all kinds of reasons that, that coaches do that. And so it is a mystery though. And especially if Jaron does not come back next year, the, the current roster of backup quarterbacks on this team, I think are, are a mystery. And I would love to see some emerging clarity going forward about the guys that are here. Trevor, we've talked about BYU's slow starts this season. Another one happened against Utah Tech on Saturday. What are your expectations for BYU in terms of starting quickly against a struggling Stanford team in the regular season finale? Well, I think that Stanford is looking at their players saying, what are your expectations for starting, uh, starting fast against a struggling BYU team? Right. So I, I think this is a, a tricky game for BYU. Stanford has lost four games in a row. One of them was last week to their rival. But they also lost to Utah, UCLA, and Washington State. You know, the first two were ranked. Washington State's a tough team. So Stanford statistically uh, is really struggling on both sides of the ball. But they have a quarterback in Tanner McKee that people talked about as being, you know, a, a mid, mid-level uh, draft choice, an NFL caliber guy. Now, he's had injuries at running back. The running back is the running game has disappeared. The receivers have struggled, but you still have a quarterback with the capability of getting hot. It's one of the reasons that BYU needs to start fast against Stanford to keep them from getting on a roll and kind of feeling finally we're going to have that good feeling heading into the offseason. BYU needs to make sure that the feeling for Stanford is, oh no, here we go again. Starting fast, would love to see it, but that has not been a given for the Cougars for a long time. BYU and Stanford, it's the RMQB game. You know, I don't know how many games in history there have been with that situation, but that's what it is with the uh, Elder McKee and Elder Hall. Okay, let's finish with this. Zach Wilson with the Jets. It's not going great right now. Uh, weird finish right with a punt return for a walk-off touchdown yesterday against the Patriots. Zach has struggled. Um, how would you assess that situation, and how quickly do you think the Jets might go with somebody else, perhaps? They shouldn't go with somebody else. They need to let Zach continue to grow. He showed he's shown the ability to do things. It's just not consistent enough. And when you look at the guys around him, I mean, this is not an excuse, but I think it's fair to just point out that in the first quarter of that game against the Patriots, the starting center went out, the starting left tackle went out, and all of a sudden he's being swarmed by the Patriots defense. And they generally swarm the Jets offense anyway in his three previous games against the Patriots. He had two touchdowns, seven interceptions, harassed in the pocket all the time. So so in fairness, it wasn't like he was sitting back there and just making bad throws in clean pockets. The problem was in the press conference after the game. Now, keep in mind that this game was 3-3 three to three until late when the Patriots had that punt return for the game-winning touchdown. And both offenses struggled. The Jets struggled more than the Patriots did, but both offenses were struggling. But when, when Zach was asked whether or not he thought that he and the offense let down the defense by not scoring a touchdown in this game, he just said no. That right there is fodder for the New York media mm. and the national media. And he's taken so much heat for that. You know, I, I think he was just trying to stay positive. Uh, I don't know that he fully recognized what the reaction to that was going to be. But really, with, with a game where he struggled, and he did struggle personally, there were plays there that were there to be made that he didn't make. But then to say that one-word answer to that question opened the door for people to, to question his character. And I don't think you can question his character. But now the door's open for that. What he should have said was, yes, me personally, everybody else did great. But I didn't do what I needed to do, and I will continue to get better. That's all I needed to do. 
And I think that's his attitude. I think that's how he he prepares. I think that's how he leads his team when the media is not around. But that one moment is a moment now that he's going to have to overcome. Trevor, as always, fantastic insight. Great to catch up with you for another loaded Maddox Monday. Be well, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation, and we move on. Have further review reviews the Utah Tech game, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Preview Stanford coming up tomorrow on the app. Does Puka Nakua going to the Senior Bowl mean he's officially done at BYU? Let's go back there and discuss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Program. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. Twitter survive the weekend. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok as well. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. World Cup Monday. Let's go Team USA and let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Makai Puka Nakua accepted an invite to the Reese's Senior Bowl this morning. How many more games will we see him in the BYU game? Probably two. And there are a number of things that we can read into here, including Puka's locker on Saturday before the Senior Bowl, where it literally says in his locker, Puka out. <laughs> so he's trying to tell us something, <laughs> or his family is. He accepts that invitation to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Now, for what it's worth, if he does not play in that game, then he can come back really with no complications. If he plays in the Senior Bowl or participates in the activities out there in Mobile, Alabama, then he would need a waiver from the NCAA to then get permission to come back and play at BYU. So if he's going to participate. If you go, you're leaving. Yeah, come if on. If you go, you go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the Reese's Senior Bowl, it's called the Senior Bowl, Jerem. Even though he's a junior, they're clearly considering him a senior. Well, the NFL doesn't care about COVID no. and classification. They care about, have you been out of high school three years. That's the minimum age to be eligible for the NFL draft. Oh, by the way, they also have invites out to Jaron Hall and Blake Freeland. Yeah. Not Clark Barrington. Now, I've learned that Puka Nakua has confirmed to the sports information department with BYU football that he is still, ha or he still has his options open. Yeah, accept the invite, see where you're at. Accepting the invite yeah. is fine. Like, he gone though, right? It feels like two he games gone. and then like, he's the most NFL ready he's of anybody on the team along with Blake Freeland. And hopefully he's picked. He's certainly capable of being picked. You just never know in like rounds. If you're not like a top three rounds guy, it's like kind of a crapshoot. Yeah, he and Blake are, don't you think those two are the most NFL ready right now? Jaron feels pretty NFL ready to me. I'd say he's just a step behind those Clark, guys, but not a big step, yeah. just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Clark, Clark can come back. I'd be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome home. All of them, come on back. The newest addition to the Rock at the Marriott Center, Jerem, are heretofore called the Blue Tube Guys. Not Air Dancers, the Blue Tube Guys. After the game Saturday, head coach Mark Pope had this to say. I love the Air Dancers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, are they naked? <laughs> I feel like they, I don't see any clothes on them. I don't know if that's honor code approved. Like, do we have an issue here? Are the Bluetooth guys in honor code compliance? I don't care. Honor code's still going to get him for this, though. <laughs> it, is, it cracks me up every time I see those things inflate during a free throw in the second half. I don't know how it's legal. 
<laughs> like, like that. Suddenly That's, it's a used car lot out there. It's crazy. What in the it's world? Crazy. Women's soccer returns everybody but Natalie Wells next year, who came off the bench at times. What are your expectations in the Big 12? BYU's going to win the Big 12 next year. I expect them to beat the likes of TCU and handle the top of the Big 12. Legit. Like, they can go in and be the Big 12 favorite next year with everybody coming back from a team that just went to the Sweet 16. So yeah, postseason expectations, at least another Sweet 16 trip to go for a third straight year. The WCC is a better soccer league than the Big 12. Yes. It has been the last couple of years. You had two in the national semifinals last year in Santa Clara and BYU. And the national champion the year before that in Santa Clara. Yep. TCU, Texas, and West Virginia are the three teams in the tourney from the WCC. Uh, sorry, from the Big 12. Yep. WCC had had uh, several as well. Yeah. yeah. Portland, Santa Clara, BYU, all there yeah. representing the West yeah. Coast Conference. No, it's equal to or better. Sweet, I think WCC. Sweet better. 16 and a Big 12 title are absolutely. Yeah, you go in right away. Cross country, you do it. Yeah. Volleyball, once Texas is gone, you're challenging for the title as well. More impressed by the women's basketball win over Washington State or Coach Whiting's biceps in this photo? Woo! Man, what a birthday Check weekend. Check it out. What a birthday weekend for Coach Whiting. Not only are we displaying her biceps as she arm wrestles in Hawaii, she gets her first win on her birthday at the North Shore Classic against a good Washington State team. As impressive as her arms are right there, the win over Washington State was unexpected. It's, really, it's, really good. It's the arms, also unexpected. Oh. I mean, that was that was okay. nice. Okay. Okay, tomorrow night we've got the final BYU football with Klein Stocky of the season as they recap the Utah Tech game. Get ready for Stanford, P5 opportunity, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. I'll be there. Try not to screw it up with Greg Rebell at the Battle for Atlantis. Yeah, although we would have switched. <laughs> That's true. Up next, is Zach Wilson in danger of losing his starting spot as the New York Jets quarterback? Media is having a field day right now. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B. A couple of major storylines with BYU ties happening in the NFL right now. Number one, the success of Jamal Williams in Detroit leading the league with 12 touchdowns. And two, without question, a top storyline in all of New York sports, and not such a happy one with BYU ties, the struggles of Zach Wilson with the Jets. So let's focus on Zach here for the moment, Jim. Okay. Have we seen the last of Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback for the New York Jets this season? No, but I think the leash is short right now. Uh, he's just not producing enough uh, offensively, obviously. He started seven games, same completion percentage as last year, 56.5. Four touchdowns, five picks, a, a lost fumble or two in there. QBR is 45. I know the Jets are 5-2, and two, but we've been telling you it's their defense and run game. Zach's certainly capable of more, we think, right? Um, but right now it's just it's a slow burn for him offensively. He's not kind of taking those strides forward in, in year two. Granted, it's been seven starts, not like 10 or 11 because he missed the first four games, I believe, right? He had a great fourth quarter against the Steelers where he, he was – uh, awesome in the final drive for a game-winning score there. Yes. Yeah, game-winning drive. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a taste, right, of what he could do. We saw it a few times last year. It was good against the Bills this season. We've, Solid. We've not seen as many uh, flashes of awesome as yeah. we saw last year up to this point. So if I'm New York, uh, the leash is probably short with Zach because if you just are, if you're just bad and not even terrible yesterday, you win. Granted, the Patriots, good defense. They've given Zach a hard time, sure, as Trevor sure. talked about. 
But it, it's just tough to watch right now because it's like, shoot, if Zach is a little better, the Jets are a playoff team. Man. They're 6-4. and four. They're a game out of first place in the AFC East. That's how good the AFC East has been this year. The Dolphins are 7-3. and three, The Bills are 7-3. and three, The Patriots are 6-4. and four, The Jets are 6-4. and four. Very solid division. Zach had minus 21 passing yards in the second half yesterday. And I know it's hard to do. I know that the wind was blowing and it was crazy, and he brought that up in his postgame commentary. And I think that's where my biggest concern lies. Zach is a football junkie. He's very smart. He's a great football mind. It's not translating on the field right now. And it's okay to admit that. I think he would do himself a great service if he would just say simply, I'm not playing well enough. I need to be better and I'm going to take accountability for the losses. Instead, and, and it's hard not to do this when you're feeling attacked, you get defensive, and he's saying things like, you know, when asked about, do you think the defense is disappointed in you and the offense? And he's like, no. Like, ah. Yeah, did you do enough? Did you do enough? Yeah, it's like, you didn't do enough. No, uh, just own it. Yeah. I just, I think, that was a I weird think, moment. Yeah, that I was a weird moment him. for him. It, it would buy him some more time sure. and patience. Yes. If you would just be like, you're right. I was not good today, and I've not been good just in a number of games. Ownership. Like, oh, own it yeah. and buy yourself some more patience instead of being defensive and showing some immaturity. And now the New York media is just going to hound on you. I mean, so there you are already under a microscope. Now you're under the extra strength microscope with a short leash, as you said. You do something wrong. Like, how can Robert Sala not be like, hey, we're Joe Flacco, like, Mike White, like, they've done okay, right? You know what? Like, Zach, it's just not working right now. Like, I've, I've got to put you on the bench. So, I think he's going to start next game. But if I he, think he's really close to being if benched. If he plays poorly yeah. on Sunday, yeah. it, that might be it. Yes. That and, might be it. Yes. And, and they play, okay, per- perfect opportunity. You're playing the Bears. You're playing the Bears at home. Well, and now you want to talk Justin about, Justin Fields like, is hurt. Justin Fields has been great, but you're right. He, he has got hurt, hurt in how, the game. How much yep. is he going to play? But like those are the two Bears guys. Those good. are the two guys that went back and forth. You know, well, who's better, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? Well, Justin's running for a hundred play. Like you're going to get hurt in the NFL unless you're Lamar Jackson and you're quick enough to get out of bounds. Even Lamar Jackson's getting hurt on occasion, right? It happens. Yeah. So Zach's got to play better. He's got to play better. He's got to. He, and they've they've just. It's tough because they they. I'm not going to do the Jim or Taysom thing with Zach, which is this. Oh, if they just let him do his thing, he'd be good. Him doing his thing has been turning it over. So that's tough. You don't want that. They've asked him not to turn it over, basically. Like, get in, hand the ball off, don't turn it over. Let our defense win, let our run game win. That's tough. Zach is an explosive, awesome yeah, player yeah. at times, but right now he's, he's not playing great. Well, for sure. And confidence, we all know, fickle beast. When you're playing with little confidence, that is so tough. And right now he feels like the world is against him. He felt that way a couple of weeks ago and then played pretty well against the Bills. I don't think the Jets are asking him to do too much. Just be a game manager. Be okay. Don't turn the ball over and get the ball in the hands of your playmakers and let it go to work. Even if it's super windy, which it was in New England, Mac Jones still threw for 250-plus in the same conditions. Yeah. So you can't use that as an excuse. you got to score a touchdown as an a- offense. A- absolutely. Come on. So hate to see it, but it is what it is right now. Yeah, got to play better. Okay, Women's Hoops returns home to host Carroll College out of Montana Wednesday. 
4 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Up next, uh, we recap the results of our Fantasy Friday teams. Undefeated is still alive. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. This program's on demand. You can download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Let's recap BYU Sports Nation Fantasy Football Friday's results. My starters for Week 11 included Jaron Hall. That's all you need to say. All you he, needed was his first name. You don't he, even need Hall. He alone would have won this week for me. Look at that biggest week for him ever. 49 Woo, points. Geez. I mean, career best, five touchdown passes, six total touchdowns. Four. I mean, it, it was a huge weekend. Puka Nakul only scored six points. Can you imagine if I had started Jamal Williams too? <laughs> would have been. Would have been pushing 80, 80 points. Had 100 points. Red Warner still to play tonight. So yeah, I'm 55 plus. This has sucked. Uh, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach Wilson has been so bad this year. It has killed me here. Five points for a quarterback. Ben Bywater, three. Come on, Ben. Love you, but I need more. Chain gang. Chris Brooks was good. 14. Chris Tennessee, he's getting the like, end zone. Like, I had the second pick, and I didn't pick Jaron. Obviously, you picked Jaron first. That, like, if you did Jaron versus three of my guys all year, you would have won, I think, every week. Like, the inability of Zach and Chris. Well, I bl you know what? Unlike Zach, I'm going to own it. Oh, you're going to own it. <laughs> this is on me. I drafted my guys. I'm the GM. I didn't draft well enough. I've got to put in that work in the offseason and draft better next year. All right. Which is going to be, I don't know, TBD quarterback at BYU. <laughs> yeah, you're going to draft the quarterback? The transfer quarterback at BYU, whoever it is. All right, I'm 11 and 0. Uh, let's go to Voice of the Nation. Our question of the day, up. which performance on Saturday produced Jeez. a more telling result, BYU football or basketball? Our elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes from Travis Tingy on Twitter. Basketball, they were finally able to pull away from a team. Team looked much more cohesive and showed good progress as a team, even with bad shooting from three. Yep. We all know what this BYU football team is, and they were that team on Saturday. They've Bel told us. Believe them. Believe them. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union at BYU Athletics. BYU TV crew, great stuff Saturday. We did a full football and men's basketball broadcast. It was a long, awesome day of pregames, halftimes, postgames, games. It was great. Incredible work. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Chris Smith. Coordinator's Corner coming up at 2 Eastern, Noon Mountain on the BYU TV app. Go Cougs and go Team USA! Let's get it done versus Wales, bro!